So we had this idea like, okay, there's no one who has a pulse on what Young America thinks. So we want to get a pulse on Young America. And we did that very effectively. Yeah. My co-founder called me and he's got this Russian accent. He's just like, Eastern European guy. He's like, Kevin, we have two months of cash. And you know, that was a rough night. Cause yeah. I was like, uh, you know, people feel empowered to have great conversations. I think, I think a lot of the ills in our country even could be solved by great conversations. I 100% agree. Um, the next great app, and we think we're building it, maybe we're crazy, we'll see, is an, an application and a technology that makes you makes it easier to meet the right people in your city and go to the right things in your city. Because that's what real social is. Mm -hmm. There's nothing social about Instagram. Right. There's nothing social about Twitter. It's voyeurism. My friends, welcome back to the Smoky Mirror Podcast, where we are dedicated to exploring the creative forces that drive us to do God's work. At its core, creation is an act of intention, a deliberate effort to bring something new and beautiful into the world. I'm your host, Jordan Jones, and I'm passionate about sharing knowledge and inspiration to help the next generation of creators make their mark on the world. Join me as we delve into the minds and hearts of artists, entrepreneurs, and other creators who are working to shape our culture and inspire us all. Today, I'm joined with Caven Clausen, an entrepreneur and business leader who is currently building a company called Base in the community building space. He previously co-founded Pigeon Loans, a YC-backed startup, and at least one other company, right, Kevin? Mm -hmm. Yeah, one other. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you for coming on the show, man. This is really dope. I first met you through Shrimp Society, right. which, if people don't know, that's basically like an organization for people who run startups in Miami. And so I got involved with that because I wanted to meet people like Kevin. And I was at a coffee shop. Kevin sits next to me, and we just started chopping it up. And he's such a down-to-earth guy. He saw I was about to be on a Zoom meeting, and he was like, Bro, do you want to go to my office and take that meeting? I didn't need to, but I just really appreciated oh, how cool. you you shared that. And you had that great merchandise with you. Yeah, everybody knows I got yeah, the, the special shorts. shorts. Yep. Yeah, I was like, okay. Absolutely. So thanks, man. Can you tell me about like how you got started into like, being an entrepreneur? Because you told me you were a little bit of a troubled kid. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I grew up in uh, South Africa as a child. I, I, then I moved up to Alaska. You know, I grew up in a family where, you know, my, my dad had that old school entrepreneur in him, right? Mm -hmm. So... I remember being 15 years old, Jordan, and he's like, man, this kid doesn't know how to work hard. <laughs> so he calls his buddy who runs his construction company, and it's even illegal for someone to work like construction when you're 15 years old. And he's like, hey, this kid doesn't know how to work hard. Put him out there and get him a shovel. <laughs> so that was like the first time, that was my first experience in work. And that was what, you know, a lot of jobs in life and a lot of jobs for people in America are really, you know, really hard jobs. And, mm -hmm. and for me, I ended up going to school. I went to college. I was kind of lost in college. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I kind of had this entrepreneurial bug or there was something like kind of pushing me to want to do something creative. I didn't know what I was doing. So I took a lot of crappy jobs after school. Mm -hmm. And one day, and I think a lot of people come to this point, it was like, you know what? You got to, you got to jump in the deep end. Yeah. You got to jump off the cliff. Yeah. And it's scary because, you know, we, you and I both have friends like this. When you're making money in corporate America or you're making money doing something, maybe you don't even love doing it, but if you're making good money, you get addicted to it. It's like mm -hmm. a drug, you know, it's really hard to go back to, you know, where you felt like you were before. So I, I jumped off the deep end. I took all the cash I had. I put it all into a prototype of an app that ended up becoming true public. That project didn't even work out, but mm. it, it did work out in the long run. Cause what it did was it kind of showed me like, you know what, everyone who does any, we look up at a lot of these creatives and uh, business people and all types of people, you know, musicians, actors, all these people that have reached for it. They're just normal people at the end of the day. But the difference is they, you know, they had some kind of, 
you know, they had to take that leap, yeah. you know? So that was a big moment for me. And ever since then, I've just been, I just keep trying to build things. I'm going to keep doing it till I die. That's awesome. So wait, tell me about that first company you started. It was an app called True. True Public. True Public. It was a pretty crazy idea. You know, I, I love to read a lot about like what's going on in society and like these big trends that are happening. And one is, you know, I saw this political polling thing going on, you know, like when they're trying to predict like who's going to win an election. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the way they do those is they call people on the telephone. Yeah. Right. No one answers the telephone anymore for anyone they don't know. I mean, this has been known, especially young people. So we had this idea like, okay, there's no one who has a pulse on what young America thinks. So we want to get a pulse on young America. And we did that very effectively. Mm. And I think this is a good lesson for entrepreneurs. It's like, just because your product is even popular, we had a lot of people using the product. There was no there there. There was no like business model, Mm. right? And unfortunately in a capitalistic society, right? You can't just, your project has to come back to you in some way. And, but it was, it was a great experience. I learned a lot about, you know, building teams, marketing. I learned a lot about kind of facing down some demons too, because there were times I'll, I'll never forget. My co-founder called me and he's got this Russian accent. He's just like Eastern European guy. And he's like, given we have two months of cash. And you know, that was a rough night. Cause yeah. I was like, uh, you know, about to go see some friends. And I was like, damn, like, like we're, you know, we had a couple, uh, fundraising things fall through some, and, and then we ended up pulling out of that. But I remember thinking, man, a lot of the, entrepreneurial stuff it kind of looks sexy but that's kind of an instagram kind of facade Mm -hmm. what it really is is it's you're behind your computer a lot emailing people calling people getting rejected by people (laughs) having your co-founder call you with this russian accent (laughs) and saying we got two months to live it's fucking money (laughs) it was so scary so i'm grateful for all of it though wow so how did you like get started with that? Did you first try to raise money? You had the idea. How did you like start putting it really in motion? You know, there's, there's a lot of things they don't teach you in school that they should teach you. And one of the things that they don't teach us personal finance, Mm -hmm. they don't teach us networking. They don't teach us how important it is to know the right people. You know, I didn't grow up. I didn't go to Stanford. I didn't grow up in a family that had a lot of money. I didn't grow up in those kind of places. So what happened was when I went out to start a company, I thought it'd be real easy just to go, email investors and, you know, call them or I don't know, see them. <laughs> and it's just not how it works. You know, there's this idea of like, y- you do need to have a network that trusts you. There's this idea of social capital. There's people you invest in over many years. So one of the main things I had a really hard realization was, was here I w- had this idea. I'd invested my own cash into it. It was kind of getting a little bit of traction, but I was going to need to raise some capital. And I just didn't know anyone who had money, frankly, mm-hmm. right? I didn't have that rich uncle Bobby from South Carolina who'd be like, all right, we're going to put in half a million or something. Yeah, all right. Some people have those. I didn't. So that was a really hard time to get through that. I think what happens, what's cool about this is whether you win or lose on a project, if you're working really hard and if you're humble enough to be like a learner, listener to people, people pick up on that. Mm-hmm. And smart people know most people's first projects um, are not massive successes. Yeah. And some people that discourages them so much to never try again. But if you're willing to try again, you learn a lot, right? right. It was like, Jordan, I listed 200 mistakes I made on that first company out. Mm. And I look at that list every once in a while. Mm-hmm. It's not a fun list to look at. I bet. <laughs> but it's useful list to look at because you can either kind of hide from your flaws, which I did a lot when I was younger. But now I'm just like, okay, I know what I'm good at. You know, I'm going to double down on that. I know what I'm bad at. I'm going to try to find other people who are really good at those things who can help me. 
and partner with them. So tell me, is that the one that had you on Fox talking? Well, I also fig I got very good at figuring out how to get on uh, local media to promote uh, companies. And how did you do that? Dude, and that was so scary because what happened was we hired a guy at True Public named John, and he had a media background, and, and he did me a solid and, and got me uh, booking with uh, Good Day Chicago or, or Good Morning Chicago or one of those. Mm -hmm. I was so nervous. I, mean. <laughs> I was so nervous. <laughs> I, was, you know, I just turned into like a weird robot. Live you know? TV is scary. It's kind of, yeah it's, yeah, it's really scary. And I did that one, and it, you know, Although I walked away going, oh my God, was that a disaster? They were like, okay, that was good. Uh, you know, you could do it again. So I, I started doing more and more. And and then what kind of happened there was, it's like a lot of things in life. You know, life is really hard without momentum. Mm -hmm. And then it gets really almost easy with momentum. So mm -hmm. once we had, people thought it was like a good story to cover, you know, because we had all these interesting insights on what's going on in America. So I'd come on and they'd be like, okay, you know, Cabin's here, Cabin from True Public. Um, you know, you've got some interesting insights on what's going on with like, you know, depression or anxiety with people or what's going on in the dating world or what's going on with consumer habits or how people are thinking about politics. So we always were ready with like whatever was in the news we could kind of speak upon. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, man, it just became kind of natural for me, you know, um, to do that. And that was a great marketing vehicle for us. So yeah, I've been able to just repeat that uh, a few different times, but, and that's kind of a funny thing about marketing I'm realizing is, you know, everyone has their you know, I'm a big believer in like authenticity is a, is a good selling point. Yeah. Um, there's so much fake stuff in the world, you know, like people that are authentic can really win. So I think every type of person is a marketer in a way. Yeah. You know, every person, they don't even realize it. If you have a, tw if you have a Twitter and an Instagram, if you have any online presence at all, even what you wear day to day, when you get out of bed, you are, whether you know it or not creating something. And the more I think authentic that is, the more that makes sense. So doing those was authentic for me because I, I enjoy working with data. I enjoy explaining those stories. And, you know, I did the talk, I did do the talking head thing though. It was, it was pretty. <laughs> greetings citizens. I always say, I was saying you earlier, greetings citizens. I, I, I always wanted to come on there and just say something wild, but uh, I was always too scared. <laughs> like walking around the bus or something. It's live, it's live. It's live, right. No, oh, no, dude, one time I would do, called into CBS New York and the, in the, my Wi-Fi was going out or it wasn't good. Mm -hmm. And now Wi-Fi going bad on like a regular call is one thing, but when you're live on the news, so I couldn't hear what she was saying. So I would say my little bit and then I pause and I hear in my uh, earpiece, just, just a bunch of mumbo jumbo. And I'd have to like, I was like guessing what she was saying. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, <laughs> and that was a terrifying, that was a terrifying. So moment. you just stay composed and just made it up. I don't know. I don't know how I do it. Cause I'll tell you, um, I've, my sister's a public speaker. She's a phenomenal speaker. My dad is as well. My dad was a pastor for a number of years. Like, you know, those kind of people, they're good at getting on stage. What I learned that was so fascinating is when you go and look at the best speakers in world history, like people that, you know, were phenomenal, you know, whether they were politicians or actors or just people that knew how to give a great toast at a wedding, oftentimes those people do have a lot of nerves, right? We think of those people as they don't have any nerves. Actually, those nerves, if you can if you can harness those nerves, you then become a much better speaker, mm. actually, than the person who has no nerves. The person who has no nerves is like the boring professor you had, who just mm. goes up, hey, everybody, how's it going? You know, just, they're very monotone. The nerves kind of like ratchet up your energy, mm. right? If you can contain it, yeah. you know, if you can contain it. So 
um it's it's kind of a thrill you know i think yeah that's a great i'm glad you said that. that's a nice segue into that organization that i was actually a part of that public speaking like club that was going really good until covid right like <laughs> i was yeah. really enjoying yeah. that i think um you know i i think it's so important today more than ever i think people especially this next generation sometimes people are scared to share share their voice um in front of a group of people mm -hmm. and it is scary because it's like you know it's like evolution right like we are part of these tribes and we don't want to be judged and rejected by people right. and you feel like you're just up there and you're so exposed and and you know i've got some friends uh dear friends of mine incredibly talented successful people some of them are very introverted they have real social anxiety and it hurts them it hurts them in uh, a lot in their dating lives it hurts them professionally hurts them personally um so what was cool about that was we were trying to make something really accessible for people where you can just get some live fire. Yeah. You know what I mean? We did those, right? Where we do like improv things and we'd have people do like quick speeches and we'd like review speeches. And the idea was, I'm a big believer in exposing yourself to fear, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's, uh, it can be a great, it can be a great thing to just like break through that, you know? And uh, I think, the more you do something that's scary, uh, it, it becomes smaller and smaller. Like I saw this interesting thing, Jordan, where like some people are deadly afraid of spiders. Are you? <laughs> I used to be. <laughs> I'm still freaked out by spiders, but not as much <laughs> as some people, but some people like literally have panic attacks if they see a spider. Yeah. So if they're trying to cure this, they'll put a spider across the room and just make them be in the same room as a spider for a while. And you do that for a while and then you can move the spider closer and they've proven in like, you know, kind of study settings that you can then eventually get the spider sit on some someone's shoulder who is previously completely petrified. So similarly, I think there's a long way between having the social anxiety to approach a you know a guy or a girl at a bar and or a party and say hi romantically, mm -hmm. all the way to giving the State of the Union address. <laughs> but that's all the same path. You just got to yeah. go to the next thing that scares you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was definitely helpful for me because, yeah, it was like a group of like 12, 13, 20 people. And when you just, sorry, there's a fly. I had to swat it. <laughs> and when you're just talking to people, kind of giving. You. That fly juked you, man. It did. He was like, <laughs> Deion Sanders. <laughs> when it's like people who you don't know and you're just asked to yeah give a random speech about something silly, it's kind of like your fear of being embarrassed and making a fool out of yourself, it just goes away. And so you feel a lot lighter when you're going to talk to somebody where it might actually matter. Dude, I used to take myself way too seriously. Yeah. Forget all that. The truth is we're all going to be dead relatively soon. Exactly. Yeah. And no one's thinking about us. You know, the thing is, I, I had a friend call me. He's like, man, what's everyone thinking? I'm like, I hate to break it to you. They're not thinking about you or me. <laughs> I don't care. They don't care about either of us. They're thinking about themselves unless they're talking to us at that very exact moment. Literally. And I think people don't think that. Like, I didn't think that for years. And I was self-conscious about these things. And it kind of just, like, weakens you. Because, you know, and you're right. It's good to be... The reason I think the Nova Club worked when it was working was we were all vulnerable together, mm -hmm. you know? So like we all did some embarrassing kind of silly stuff by through these improvs. And once you, everyone had kind of done that, you know, cat was out of the bag. Like there was no going back on like, okay, now I gotta be like all cool, you know, cool <laughs> and like <laughs> slick or anything. So that was cool. Yeah. yeah. So I think this is a nice uh, segue back into the, the entrepreneurial space. How do you think the public speaking has really helped you create companies and organize people well you know i it, like i i think it 
I think it's helped in some ways. I wouldn't say it's been the most helpful thing. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a good skill and it's something I hope to use even more in later life. And I and I'm, I'm look, I'm a big believer that like everything you're doing today isn't about your main thing, right? Like right. I'm reading about, you know, I've got a group of friends. We have a book club. We're reading about different things. We're not, those don't have anything to do with our current companies mm-hmm. or anything we're involved in, but we're gonna live lives into our 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and we're gonna need to be people that can you know, help lead in those eras on totally different planes. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think uh, public speaking though is, is generally good because if you're confident in yourself, you can get over one of the biggest hurdles and that is being able to communicate an idea to someone clearly. Yeah, you know, It's really underrated thing. Um, my sister's an entrepreneur as well. She does a great job, such a crystal clear communicator in exactly what the thing does. I have friends, friends, close friends. They'll call me, they'll tell me about their startup. I'll be like, I have no idea what this does. Like, what is this? Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm wishing you luck. <laughs> You're like, who should I meet? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what it does. Mm. And um, that's natural though, because you know, even with the current company working on now base, one of the dangers is all, you know, we're working hard, right? We're working weekends, late nights, all the time. We have a big dream, but you get so close to the problem, you know, I, I've heard this happening with like writers who write a novel or like directors who are making a, a documentary film. Sometimes you get so close to it that you're not seeing it from new eyes. Mm-hmm. So that's why bringing in other people, you know, can, can help you like give you that new perspective. You know, because if you're working on it day after day after day, well, you kind of think some of the stuff's obvious. Right. So, you know, that's why getting really good at explaining things concisely is probably one of the best benefits of public speaking. Mm. So you, let's talk about base because it yeah. sounds really fascinating. So what you're trying to do is create a platform to organize communities? Well, look, so there's a big, there's a huge problem in society today. And it's very underrated. Community has been dying in America since the 1970s. What's community? Community is like gatherings of people who gather time and time again around a shared common goal. Traditional communities were the church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all different denominations. Those were big communities in America through the last 200 years. Those are dying, right? There was alumni networks that are less popular. We used to have a lot more bowling clubs and things going on. All the data shows now that Americans spend three times uh, three times more alone time today than they did 30 years ago, right? So mm-hmm. people are just alone a lot more. Why is that? We're doing a lot of single player games, the television, right? When you're watching television, you know, when you're on social media, when you're, you know, playing video games. Back in the day, before they had all these things, the only way to have fun was with other people. Mm-hmm. And that's very human and healthy, right? So think about that problem. And then think about now with remote work, how hard it is to meet the right people. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I hate networking events. <laughs> <laughs> the old school ones, yeah, they get so dry. Dude, even the ones at bars, though, if there's a group of 100 people, I got to walk in and it's like, Smiling. everyone's like, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> and then you pitch yourself and you're like, well, what do you do? And they pitch themselves. And then where are you from? And you're like, where? and it just becomes, you know, it's a little transactional. It's mm-hmm. not curated. Um, so what we're doing with base is, you know, we were essentially creating like an in real life social network. Mm. So you, you, get, you have to get nominated to join. You join as a member. You um, then do an onboarding quiz. 
this quiz is designed to understand you, Jordan, like your personality, uh, really get down to like your personality, your interests, your goals. We want to get to know you as a human being. Mm -hmm. And then we use that data to curate matches with you to other people. Now these aren't like one-to-one -one matches, right? This isn't like a dating capacity or like a peer networking <laughs> capacity, watch out. And, uh, but what you're being curated to is social experiences, mm -hmm. i.e. like a wine tasting, a dinner, like something in nature. And we're trying to make this in a scalable way. So we partner with these venues. So we partner with top venues across Miami. We negotiate with them. Um, all our members pay through our app. Then you get curated to these experiences. And people love this because I think the best way to meet new people is like, like think about like an amazing curated dinner with like eight people. And we know you're gonna click with all of them because we understand you and we understand all them and what they're after. Mm -hmm. And you get put together with these people. And it might not just be people in your, you know, in your profession. You might sit next to an architect, a politician, a scientist, a musician, a graffiti artist. We've got all types of people that have already joined this thing. And what comes out of that is, is you're getting one of the most important things in life. The people you surround yourself with professionally and personally, nothing more important. Not just to success, but to your own just happiness and joy. Mm -hmm. So we're just being very proactive because what we're saying is ambitious, successful people typically have less time, right? They're busy and they have a higher bar for who they spend time with. So making it really intentional is gonna be really good. So the way base works is every Monday you get your invites of the week. These are curated experiences designed for you. You RSVP, you pay through the app, you go to these. We have a cool feedback system we call awards. So after every experience, we don't want you like rating people because I don't want you to get like thumbs down me or something. <laughs> right, oh, Kevin sucks. Kevin sucks, <laughs> one star. And I'm like, oh God, no. We don't want to do that, it's a little black mirror. Yeah. Instead, we have awards. So you can be like, um, we've got a few, right? You can drop in like, you know, best storyteller, best conversationalist, boom, boom, boom. We use that data um, to keep learning on, okay, here's who Jordan, these are the kind of people Jordan wants to meet. And you can let base know, look, I'm trying to meet other creatives. I'm trying to meet other people in the arts or or I'm trying to meet um, people from the business world or I'm trying to meet a mystery of people or wh whatever it might be. Um, we're trying to create that. Uh, it's, it's a difficult company to start, but I do think the next great social network will not be another peer play app. It'll be in real life. Yeah, it's not gonna be another peer play app. Dude, everyone's burned out on these things. So burned right? out. Everyone's burned out on these things. The next great app, and we think we're building it, maybe we're crazy, we'll see, is an, an application and a technology that makes you makes it easier to meet the right people in your city and go to the right things in your city. Because that's what real social is. Mm -hmm. There's nothing social about Instagram. There's nothing social about Twitter. It's voyeurism. Mm. Like, would it be healthy if, you know, if you were um, holding binoculars uh, and watching a beach party from a hundred yards um, all night, would would we say that's normal? No, we'd say that dude's struggling or something weird's going on and we gotta call the cops or something, right? right? And, and, and But that's what we do on Instagram every day is we just stare at people. So I'm like, we want to, we don't want you to just be like watching what other people are doing. You'll never see photos on base. You'll never see, there's never a feed. There's never a post, there's never likes. All it is is a simple service to help you meet the right people in real life. That's awesome, especially after the pandemic where everyone's been locked in their house all day. Oh, tell me about it. And I tell people all the time, like when it comes to even just like dating, but just meeting new people in general, it's like, where do you go to meet quality people? It's tough. <laughs> it's I mean, hard. that's the thing that we don't have places designed for that. Yeah. So um, we're trying to be the answer. And 
you know, we're gonna have to learn a lot. I mean, this is a hard business because we're dealing with human beings. Mm -hmm. Human beings are a little trickier than software. Right. Um, you know, software is easier to control, but at the same time, like I've been blown away by the, just blown away by the response from people on this. People feel, you know, people feel empowered to have great conversations. I think, I think a lot of the ills in our country even could be solved by great conversations. I 100% agree. Um, you know, I have yet to meet, I've yet to meet someone who can, who truly hates someone, some type of person, somebody from a certain industry, if they've actually sat down and had like an actual real conversation with that person over a number of hours, right? Mm -hmm. Problem is we just, we don't often, mm -hmm. you know, and um, that, that's been, that's gonna be something that's gonna be cool to see. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're gonna, we're launching it in Miami now. We're growing here really fast. And then we're gonna probably go to Austin, Texas for our second city. Mm -hmm. You know, the more transient the city, Jordan, the better it is as a launch city because who's the best customer of base? The best customer of base is like that guy or girl. They've been doing cool stuff. They've been living in New York or San Francisco. They're new to Miami. Now, you and I have been here a little bit. They don't know anybody. You know, they might have that one friend who mm -hmm. might invite them to that one thing. And then from there, they got to meet someone and then meet someone. Right. Most of our socialize are total chance. Yeah. Right. You were just telling me your producer and you, you guys met in high school. Like once we age, though, away from high school and college, it becomes so difficult to meet people. And that's why, you know, in speaking because I happen to be a man speaking for men, um, there's a lot of data showing like men have a hard time making friendships. Like yeah. men, especially. I've seen that. And it's probably cause it's just men are sometimes awkward, I think. <laughs> and it's weird to be like, Hey man, you seem cool. <laughs> Want to hang out? Yeah, right. Want to hang out again? You know, it's like, <laughs> it, I feel weird. So I don't know. Like, I, I think we need to, um, you know, uh, help all types of people in this case. But I think, I think men could especially benefit from having more close bonds, friends, network connections, stuff like that. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that hypothesis and I'm interested to see how it goes. And I honestly wanna get get involved too. If people wanna get involved, what should they do? Uh, you can go to joinbase.club and uh, the first step is to throw in an application and then we get back to you in the next you know week or two and get you signed up and get you going. Very nice. And if somebody wanted to start a base kind of like app, not like in the community. Really a competitor? Space. No, not a competitor. We're going to take them out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying if somebody wants to start an app, they find they identified a problem and they want to get started and they maybe they do want to make that leap from their, their full-time job. What do you think, like what are some words of encouragement or, or steps well, they can you, take? you got to put yourself out there. Yeah. You know, the, like, and those are the toughest days, dude. I quit my job. I go live in. I go move in with my parents. Okay, now mind you, I'm in my later half of my twenties, and uh, that's not good. At, that's not good for your uh, for your dating for your dating game. Definitely not. You know, hey, I, I'm living at home, but uh, I've got a I got a big dream. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going places. Uh, it doesn't really work. Yeah. Um. So that was tough, but. Despite all that, I would take the train from the suburbs to, down to downtown Chicago, and I would just go meet people, and I would just passionately tell people about what I'm working on, mm. one, and I would listen to their feedback on why, what are, why, what, why it might work or why it might not, and just met enough people. Mm. And it, early on, there's no better answer than you have to brute force it by just working. But you're not going to get anything done without knowing people. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to eventually get a co-founder. You know, I think I'm just a firm believer that most 
companies, especially if it's a tech company, you're just going to benefit from having a co-founder. Businesses are so hard to start. Why do it alone? Right. You know, there's been times where I've been like, over the years, been like, man, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And if I didn't have someone with me, it was like, no, we got this. And there's sometimes that person's like, I don't, you know, I can't do this anymore and I can be there for them. And I think that's really key. So first things first, you just got to put yourself out there again and again and again and be fearless because remember, no one cares. No one's going to be like, wow, that weirdo has a big dream and a dumb app. <laughs> like, you know what they do? Screw them. Like, right. who cares? So do that and then try to find your business partner or your person or some creative partner. They don't even have, you don't even have to do business with them, but you need someone you can jam with. And it's very, very, very important that you surround yourself with non, non-jealous people. Mm. The problem in life is a lot of people, um, a lot of people in life have fans or haters. Like you have people that, you know, Jordan, you can tell them you're doing anything and they'd be like, cool. You could be like, I'm starting an adult diaper company. And they'd be like, all right, right on. Yeah, yeah, nice. Nice. Okay. <laughs> um, and then there's some people for whatever reason, and it's, you know, it's not fully their fault. Maybe they went through some stuff. You never know what's going on with them. They're not going to be happy to see you reaching for something, uh, you know, that they might want to do. Mm. And you got to be very, you got to be precious with these ideas too, because I'll tell you, I've, I've heard from a lot of friends. I was talking to, um, my friend Stacy, not that long ago, and she, she's an entrepreneur and she was telling me, she's like, what was hard for me was when I first started out the idea and I was kind of insecure, like about, is this going to work? Is there anything here? I told some people that were super supportive and were the friends that gave like that, Hey, here's a little feedback, but mm -hmm. I believe in you, but here's, here's some ways it can improve, but let's, let's figure this out together. But then some friends were just like, you know, killed her confidence. Like mm -hmm. that will never work. You know, this is, you know, wh why would you give up your job to do this? Right. You know, this is kind of crazy. And those can be very discouraging. So the other piece of advice would be, First off, you shouldn't be hanging out with those people anyway, but if you do have those people in your life, do not tell them about your idea in the earliest, earliest moments. You know, work on it more first. Mm. So as you're confident in it and you're not looking to that person, then once you, yeah. you'll reach a point in confidence where you don't mind if somebody poo-poo's on your idea because you are got it bulletproof in your head. Yeah, and and, and that, take, that can take some time. I mean, I'm at a point where I don't care. If someone if someone doesn't <laughs> like base, and, and I've, pitched, I've been pitching a lot of investors or raising cash right now, it's, it's going pretty well. We're, uh, but a lot of people don't like it. Mm -hmm. And you know, the old me would have been like, Oh man, you know, am I an idiot? It's like, well, no. Um, in fact, these are opportunities to learn one and two, you have to remember anything that's innovative, whether it's a film, a piece of art, a style, music, business, any of those things at first, if they're really going to be great, the great new thing at first, people were like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, do you think Airbnb was a cool idea when they were pitching investors? Hey, we're going to have strangers sleep on strangers' couches. Yeah, they're like, uh, Sounds what? like serial killers. <laughs> like, uh, yes. Yeah, Uber, you're going to let random strangers get in your car? Random strangers get in your car. You know, Robin Hood's like, we're going to do stock trading with no fees. You know, that one, we'll see what that one goes anyway. But, <laughs> but there's, yeah, there's these things where, like, you know, you just, you've got to just uh, put it out there and, and not really care. Yeah. That's a great message. Caben, I really appreciated the time. You shared a lot of knowledge with us. Where can people keep up with you if they want to learn more? Just follow you. Um, well, I think the best way is probably um, on Twitter at KB Clausen. And uh, I don't tweet as much as I'd like because I'm starting to do new business. But once I get that going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get more active there. But um, yeah, I also like to hear new ideas. So you know, people can feel free to uh, pay me and...
let me know what they're working on. I, I find it, you know, pretty cool. To, you know, there's a couple people that come to mind when I was first starting out that uh, didn't think I was an idiot and took me seriously. Mm-hmm. When a lot of people thought I was, you know, completely insane, which I might be, Jordan. I might be. Hey, uh, we all are. I might be. Um, and those meant the world. So, you know, maybe that's the other piece for anyone who's listening to this is like, if someone's hitting you with a crazy idea, try to be that person who's like, you know what? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe. Yeah, that's awesome. And I really appreciate you showing me love because ever since I met you, you've been a just a positive force in my life. So I appreciate you, Kevin. And I hope we can stay connected in the future. Anyone who has an alliter- alliteration is a name, right? You know that? Jordan, Jordan Jones. Jordan yeah. Jones. Kevin Clausen. You have to understand, man. My my son will be like, Casey is Clausen. Like, yeah. I'm telling you, that's the other, that's the other last advice I'll give. If you're going to have a baby soon, alliteration is the strongest way to go. I don't know. Something about the human brain, just like it clicks, right? It does feel strong. Yeah. And it feels like you should be established. Like, like John Jones, right? He's in this fight. John, yeah. There's John Jones. about fight. that name. Yeah. It just sounds strong. Yeah. So, anyway, All right. we'll wrap on that. Awesome. <laughs>